Hello, 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 and welcome to Lilies in the Valley podcast, where the word is learned, your spirit is fed, and your direction is led. Hi, I'm your host, Sister Miko Cannon. Amen. And I'm so glad to be back in the presence of the Lord with you. Amen. So let's get right into it. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for fresh mercy and grace, Father God. Lord God, anything that would weigh us down, anything that has tried to beset us, Lord God, those things that would try to have a stronghold on us, Lord God, we lay them down at the altar today so that we can hear a word from you. Not just being a hearer, Lord God, but a doer. Lord God, and you showing us how to apply it to our lives. Lord God, we bind distraction. There are so many distractions in our lives. There are distractions as we are trying to listen to the podcast, distractions of family and children, spouses, co-workers, as we are on the road in the car, Lord God, so many distractions. But we bind those distractions in the mighty name of Yeshua HaMashiach, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We plead the blood over our mind, our spirit, our ears, our eyes, as we listen and as we live out our journey and walk with you, Father God, your will, but not our will, your way, but not our way. Let us receive and hear. Let us receive and see. Let us receive and speak those things as though they are and not as though they were. Father God, as this word goes forth, touch each and every household that shall hear. Let it multiply, Lord God, and bless them. Bless them in the spirit. Bless them in their health. Bless them in their walk growing closer to you and bless them in their finances. Oh God, Father God, we bind generational curses right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We bind anything that should try to hold us back. We bind anything that should try to flare up against us. Father God, we know that we cannot be possessed by the enemy, Father God, because we received you as our Lord and Savior, but we know that the enemy can use people, even us sometimes, if we are not careful. So Father God, we ask you to guard our heart, guard our mind, guard our mouths, guard our ears, guard our spirit, oh God. And Lord God, give us a a strength even when we fall short. Give us courage even when we fall short. Give us accountability even when it hurts because we know that everything is working for your good. Lord God, I thank you for this word. I thank you that not only shall I deliver it, but I receive it for myself. I receive it and apply it. I receive it and meditate on your word. In the mighty name of your Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And thank God. I'm so happy to be all in with you because when we come and listen, we're all in. You understand? We didn't press that link for no reason. We didn't search or we didn't get sent this uh, um, link for no reason. Some people have received this link because someone shared it with you because this word put you in their spirit. The Holy Spirit dropped you in their spirit. Somebody prayed for you, had you on their mind, and you should be so glad they prayed for you because I'm glad you guys are praying for me. Amen. Excuse me as I sips tea. (laughs) And amen. If this is your first time listening, I want to let you know that when I record this, it is live. Um, so um, it's not edited. It's live. And as I study and, and, and as I get dry mouth, sometimes I will sip some tea or some water. So hang on in there, my brother and my sister, as we deliver the word. Well, we're going to get right into it. Okay. Uh, 
So let's get into 2 Kings. And we're getting into 2 Kings 3, 1 through 27. If you will follow along with me um, in your Bibles. And I think it's really verse 27 I'm going to focus on. But I'm going to give you a little context. When we first left off, we were talking about uh, grace by association. And that was 2 Kings uh, 3, 11 through 14. And so as we find ourselves in 3, we're really taking over from there as the Moabites um, have rebelled against Israel. And Israel has come together with Jehoram, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, Jehoshaphat, and Edom, okay? And they have gone to seek out God's prophet to tell them what they need on this journey because they have found themselves traveling to Moab and Moab is quite a bit of a distance away and they've taken all their men for all these three kings once again uh Jehoram who is the actually the son of Ahab who was the king of Israel prior and he's pat and he's died and then there is Jehoshaphat who's the king of Judah and then there is um Edom is another uh, another country, and so they don't mention the king of Edom's name. I can't find it in here, and so um, I'm just skimming through. So, um, but there is the king of Edom, and so those three gentlemen are together as one, going to fight against the Moabites because they have sinned against Israel. That when Ahab, the the previous king, died, they sent no sacrifice. They sent no um um offering for that and so that was a sin against Israel and so Jehoram has gone to Jehoshaphat and gone to Edom and asked them to join as one to go up and fight the Moabites and now they are seeking uh, 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 counsel wise counsel from the man of God Elisha who was the um, uh, a servant to Elijah and he now is the prophet and the man of God and so they're seeking a word from Elisha so that they can know how this is going to turn out and how to proceed. And as a result, of course, Elisha bringing the word from God directly to them saying, Hey, Jehoram, I would have never looked at you twice. I would have never even listened to you. You wouldn't have even mattered to me, but yet your connection to Jehoshaphat, the King of Judah, an honorable man, my servant that I love, I am doing this because you are associated with him. And so now God has said, listen, for all of your men and all of your animals that you take with you to war, because when they are going to war, any country, they need provision. They need all their soldiers. They need all their horses. They need a uh, provision for food. They need provision for the temperature um, while they sleep and get rest. And so if they do not have a way to feed their animals, give them water, you know what I mean? Feed their uh, men. Then once they arrive to battle, they will most surely you not be prepared as they should be to fight. And so God has let them know to dig ditches and I'm going to fill it with water, water that will feed your horses, water that will give a uh, 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 water to your lamb and your sheep. You understand and water for the soldiers. Amen. And so that is what happens. And so as that happens, 
they can make the journey now from where they are, which is seven days from where they are, which is Edom, and go get to Moabite without having to worry about someone falling out from famine um, and from starvation and the animals not making it from the long travel and not being able to replenish back into their body. Amen. And so where we are is that once they arrive in Moabite or Moab, excuse me, to fight the Moabites, there it is. Uh, now it happened. Let's see where I want to start from. All right, let's start from uh, verse 24. Because now um, Elisha has all also let them know that God will deliver the Moabites into their hands. That, that was one of the things. And so let me go there. Let me go there. Let's go there. And so I love this because when you follow along, you there's no everything up on a screen for me or anything like that. I'm just reading right out of God's word as I study. I'm, I've been in Second Kings for a, a couple months and I just um, actually first in Second Kings a couple months and I'm rather enjoying it. So I don't try to speed through my Bible study. I try to take my time and meditate on it for a few days, sometime a week. It's just really, um, it's really food for my soul. It really allows me to be able to apply what I'm reading to my life and see myself in these situations and how I view things and how I process things and my perspective and how I look at things. And so we are getting into this word and this word is called when the opposition knows you win because of God. Come on, somebody. When the opposition knows you win because of God. Okay. So in 17, if I may, we're in chapter three, second Kings, and I may bounce around, but that's okay. I will make it clear for you because the Holy Spirit is making it clear for us. Verse 17, for thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. That's verse 18. This is Elisha speaking to them. And so if you follow down with me to um, verse 23 of chapter 3 in 2 Kings. And they said, this is blood. The kings have surely struck swords and have killed one another. Now, therefore, Moab to the spoil. Okay. Uh, I need to go back. And this is what's interesting. So I'm going to read from 19 all the way through. And, and that's because as I bounce around, I kind of really realize that these are pertinent things. So you can really understand when the opposition knows you win because of God. So. Um, verse 19, let's start there. Chapter three, 2 Kings chapter three, verse 19. Also, you shall attack every fortified city, every choice city, and shall cut down every good tree, stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly water came by the way of Adam and the land was filled with water, just as Elisha told him. And when the when all the Moabites heard that the kings had come up to fight against them, all who were able to bear arms and older were gathered and they stood at the border. 
Then they rose up early in the morning, and the sun was shining on the water. And the Moabites saw the water on the other side as red as blood. Mm, come on now. God, does a, God has allowed them, the Moabites, to see the water on the other side, the side where all the three kings are, as blood. He's allowed them to see the water turn to blood. And so, and they said, this is blood. The kings have surely struck swords and have killed one another. Now, therefore, Moab to the spoil. So now the Moabites are thinking that Jehoram, Jehoshaphat, and the king of Adam have killed each other. They whole armies. Because God has allowed them to see the water on their side, the three kings side, as red as blood. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Verse 24. So when they came to the camp of Israel... Israel rose up and attacked the Moabites so that they fled before them and they entered their land, killing Moabites. Then they destroyed the cities and each man threw a stone on every good piece of land and filled it. And they stopped up all the springs of water and cut down all the good trees. But they left the stones of Ker, Harasoth intact. However, the slingers surrounded it and attacked it. And when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too fierce for him, he took with him 700 men who drew swords to break through to the king of Adam, but they could not. So let's recap there. So right then when they see, it's so good because the three kings didn't have to even go all the way into Moabite to attack. Moabite came to them because they thought they had killed each other. <laughs> but they hadn't. They went right into the hands of the three kings. And the three kings started doing everything, the, just killing them and started doing everything God had said. Because remember, in uh, uh, the earlier verse, God told them exactly what to do. He told them to take the rocks. And fill up the land with the stones and cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. That was in verse 19. He said, also, you shall attack every fortified city, every choice city, and you shall cut down every good tree and stop up every good spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with the stones. So that's what they did. Okay. Now in verse 26. The king of Moab see that the battle was too fierce for him. So he takes 700 men with drew swords to break through to try to uh, divide and conquer and go after the king of Adam first, but he couldn't get through to him. So in verse 27, this is where it all breaks through. This is where you need to hear God moving in your life. This is where you need to hear God moving in your spirit. This is where you need to hear God moving and understand the message that he has for us today. In verse 27, then he took his eldest son, the king of Moab, took his eldest son, who would have reigned in his place and offered him as a burnt offering upon the wall. And there was great indignation against Israel. So they departed from him and returned to their own land. There was great indignation. So the king of Moabites, of the Moabites, saw he was losing the battle. So he took his eldest son, who would have reigned in his place, and sacrificed him as a burnt offering upon the wall. And there was great indignation, anger, wrath 
against Israel because that's what indignation means. There was great anger, wrath against Israel. So they departed from him and returned to their own land. All the three kings departed and went back. Do you hear what I just said? The king of Moabite saw he was losing. Now I'm going to give you a context. Do you not remember in God's word, it speaks about Abraham and Isaac and God wanted to see exactly how faithful Abraham was to him, to trust him. Abraham trusted God so much that he was going to sacrifice Isaac. But then the bush came lit up like, like a beautiful flame of the Holy, of the Holy Ghost and Spirit of God and said, that's all right. You don't have to do that. I got you. I get it. How far are you willing to go for me, your father in heaven? Whoa, come on, somebody. So now we see something taking place. You've got to pay attention when you see things repeating themselves. So now, what does what does the king of Moab do, do? He takes his oldest son who would have reigned in his place. So see, now once he once this king dies, who will take his place? Will they have a king? Now, the Bible doesn't say, but those are questions that I pose to you because he took something that would have been valuable to his country and gave it up as a burnt offering to God. Hmm? And there was great indignation, anger and wrath against Israel. So they departed from him and returned to their own land. When the opposition know you win because of God. What did the three kings do before they even went to Moab? They consulted a man of God and he gave them instruction. And then they followed the instruction that they received from God. You see, they, the king of Moab realized that they had been tricked. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That they had been led astray because God looks after his people. God looks after his children. And when people seek out to t tarnish your name, when people seek out to tear you down, when people seek out, seek you out to, and to put you up under their feet and mistreat you and see things that they should not see or say things that they should not say, they know that you have God on your side because God avenges you. That's why the word of God says the battle is not mine, it's the Lord's. This is a prime example of the battle is not ours, it's the Lord's. Uh, come on, somebody. But Moab, the king of Moab, come on, somebody, realized, oh my gosh, I'm winning this. I'm, excuse me, I am losing this battle because of God. God is on their side. Well, what would I do? What do I need to do? Come on, somebody, to save my hide, to save my skin. Let me tell you something. That story ends right there. Verse 27 is the last of that for that story. Come on, somebody, because in chapter four starts and it talks about something altogether different. You see, everything we need to know is right there in 2 Kings 3. You got two stories. 
categories. Grace by association last week and this week when the opposition knows you win because of God. You see, when you carry yourself in the way that you are supposed to carry yourself, people start to realize that you are walking different and talking different. Don't get it twisted. Even the ones who don't want to acknowledge that you have changed because they don't want you to get the glory. They don't want you to, to know that they acknowledge that God is doing something in your life. They don't want to give God the glory. Let me say that because acknowledging that you've been blessed means God blessed you. So therefore they know that the blessing came from God. They don't want to give you that. You see, sometimes you can't go back home because see familiarity breeds contempt. See, sometimes the change you can't preach to the brother, can't preach to the sister. Oh, that's so-and-so's son or that's so-and-so's daughter. Or you remember when they used to do this when they were little? Or you remember when they was young, they used to be a thief. They used to be a drug dealer. They used to be on drugs. She used to be a hoe or a tramp or a whore. Come on, somebody. They forget hmm, that Rahab was Boaz's mama. Come on, somebody. They forget that if it had not been for Rahab, the whore, the harlot, there would be no Boaz for Ruth to marry. Come on, somebody, and be with me right now. They don't understand the call on your life. So stop wasting your time and trying to explain to them what God has already put into you. You are you need to be focused on how to figure it out for yourself. You can't explain to somebody else why you're trying to get it. You need to walk in the authority. You need to walk in what God has called you to walk in. Because, see, when the opposition knows you win because of God, they switch up. You see what I'm saying? You don't want to be left behind because the enemy of your enemy, who was your friend, figured out why you're blessed. And now they've started to move different. You see, now they've received salvation. You see, now they're asking, what must I do to be saved? Woo! Come on, somebody. So what you need to understand is people are all around you knowing that you're blessed. Don't you believe for one moment that not one person does not know. Because the only reason why they have their mouth on you, sis, the only reason why they got their mouth on you, bruh, is because they are fully aware of the power. <laughs> they are fully aware of what they see. You may not see it, but you walk in the light until you do. <laughs> you walk and get glory to God. You worship and you praise until you see it for yourself. But don't you stand there and say, I'm not this or I can't receive that. We do not speak in those. <laughs> Remember, death and life is in the power of the tongue and those who speak it will eat the fruit thereof. So if you don't see it, you have to have faith that what God has given you because he's already given you an inclination. So you can't talk about what you don't see. Stop letting fear rule your mind, your body and your spirit. Fear is contagious. Yes, it is. Fear is highly contagious. When you have fear, you put fear in your children. You you put fear on your spouse. You put fear on coworkers because if you don't believe, no one believes. Come on. I read somewhere. I, I didn't read it. I saw it. Thank you, Jesus. And a young woman was talking about her marriage and she said, my husband is the head and I'm the neck. He can't turn without me. But see, what you don't understand is the neck goes where the head looks, where the head leads. You see, so we got to be we have to stop speaking incorrectly. We have to stop believing things. They work together. But if you realize when the head turns, the neck turns with it. 
The head leads. The head doesn't work independent of the neck. It works with the neck. Come on, somebody. Understand. Fear is contagious. Stop spreading it. If you don't have faith and you don't have trust or you're working on your faith and trust, work in silence. Stop spreading that mess. Because you have the opposition watching you. And they see you winning. And they know you winning because of God. But if you don't continue on that path, you done tripped yourself up and they done kept right on past you. Sometimes you can't give everything away to the opposition. There are some things you have to keep for yourself. Pray your way through it. Praise your way through it. Be worthy through it. The king of Moab knew why they were winning. He was smart enough. He sacrificed his son to the one true living God to get some relief and he got it. All of a sudden, the indignation fell on Israel. And they had to go back to their own land. There's a wonderful song that I love. It's called uh, Walk With Me, Lord. And it, and, it, and it says, walk with me, talk with me, speak for me. While I'm on this tedious journey, I want you, Lord, to walk with me, talk with me, and speak for me. Amen. That is what we desire. That is our ultimate desire. There's a lot of things going on around you and I. Distractions, heavy distractions. You may feel things are heavier than they've ever been because you are in the right place. But my brother, my sister, fight. Because when the opposition knows you win because of God, you are doing the right thing. That is what the intent is for. Someone said the other day, and it was so poignant, and I thank the Holy Spirit for allowing me to remember it. We were born to learn. From the minute we were born, we began to learn. God created us to learn, to learn his word, to learn how he works, to learn how to operate within the kingdom, to learn how to love one another, to learn how to love ourselves, to learn how to have trust, faith, hope, love in Christ Jesus, to learn that God is the one true living God. He is the way, the truth, and the light. And when the opposition knows you win because of God, come on, somebody, somebody set free. I can't tell you what happened. At the end of that, because verse 27 is it. That's all it lets us see. It lets us see that the king of Moab realized he didn't have any other choice but to turn to God. Woo! When you walking by faith so strongly and doing what God asked you so strongly that the enemy only have one chance. Your enemy only got one chance and that's to turn to God. But see, you got to be doing what you're supposed to be doing. We have to be praying. We got to pray for the enemy. We got to pray for those that hate us. We got to pray for those that talk against us. We got to pray for those that put us down. And let me tell you something. There is no stronger word spoken than that right there. Because that right there is a walk (laughs) and a talk for me. Oh, that's not an easy transition for me, myself. I can only imagine what it could be for you. Some of you, it's going to come easy too. And some of us, it's not. But when I put my hand in God's hand, I know I don't have to be concerned about it. I just got to do it. Well, I hope you have enjoyed 
this podcast tonight. This episode was on fire. It really was. And I really want to thank God for not forgiving or forsaking us. All right. Father God, we thank you for this word. We thank you that we are going to be able to apply it, meditate on it, Lord God, and become hearers and doers of this word, that this word will reach and touch those that you have had it to reach and touch. It will deliver, it will heal, and it will multiply the blessings that it is meant to because your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father God, we thank you for this day that you have made, giving us one more chance to get it right. I thank you, Lord God, that this word will bless each and every one that hear it. I thank you, Lord God, that they will go forward in their week and be blessed each and every day beyond. In the mighty name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And thank God. I just really want to encourage you that if any of these episodes touch your life, please leave a comment. You are able to leave a comment on any episode to tell others who will see it. So many people come looking, just randomly looking on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, uh, Google, anywhere they listen to podcasts to just randomly find uh, Lilies in the Valley. And so if you leave an encouraging word about what this uh, podcast episode has done for you, they will be encouraged. Share it. Share it with someone. When you hear this word and God puts someone on your heart, share it with them. Subscribe so that you can be alerted when new ones drop every Monday. So just listen to God. Subscribe, comment, like, share. And please follow us. Please follow us on Instagram at Lily's L-I-L-Y-S in the Valley podcast. Lily's in the Valley podcast. Lily is spelled L-I-L-Y-S. Amen. So I hope you have a great week. Pray for me as I pray for you. And if you have any prayer requests, you are absolutely able to email us at spirituallyundefeated at gmail.com. Spirituallyundefeated at gmail.com. Be encouraged. We love you all. And we'll meet you back here next Monday.